0: Amen. Thanks, Wes. What's up, church? Good morning. Thanks. Everybody's doing. How, how is everybody doing? I can't talk already. We're just getting started. I'm gonna scoot this over and make some make some space because I'm gonna walk a lot. Um, my name's Chris. As Wes said, glad to see you guys this morning. If you have your Bibles uh, or app or device, go ahead and flip over to Philippians two. We're gonna be starting in verse three and take that through verse eleven. That's gonna be the kind of the main text that drives us this morning. We won't be there for a little while, but um, just as you're flipping, like I said, my name's Chris. Um, I know most of you as I'm looking around, spanning the room. Some of you I don't, um, but I'm excited to be here this morning, excited that you're here. Um, I'm one of the, the pastors in residence, church planners in residence. We are, my family is getting ready to plant a church, uh, hopefully this year, by the grace of God in West Knoxville, and we're super excited about it. So that's why, if you're wondering why I'm here and talking to you this morning, it's because I've got to get up in front of people and talk a lot in my future. So, but, you know, Luke's, Luke's given me the opportunity, and I'm excited and humbled to be here this morning. But enough about me. We're going to talk this morning. What I'm, what I'm here to talk about is we've been in a series called Having Without Owning. That's where we've been the past couple of weeks after we left Acts. Um, and and we're, we're talking about different topics. Luke started off the series uh, talking about the body um, and, and, and self-care, and then, and then last week talked about work. This week, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about gifts in the context of humility. Okay, when I, when, I, when I say gifts, everyone is gifted uniquely in here. Someone, you know, some, somebody has, or everyone in here has some type of gift. Okay, and so that's what we're going to be looking at. If you're, uh, if you're using one of our guest Bibles, it's on page 841, by the way. Forgot to mention that. But how many in here this morning, and I hope I get a lot of hands, young and old. How many in here know who Madonna is? Come on, raise your hand. Get it up. Don't be ashamed. There's no video cameras, All right. Madonna. So, I'm going to start off with a, a quote with a quote from Madonna. Okay? I bet you when you got up this morning, you did not think you were going to come to church and hear a quote from Madonna, right? So, boom, I got you. All right, ready? Madonna says, "My drive in life comes from a fear of being mediocre. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being, but then I feel I am still mediocre and uninteresting unless I do something else because even though I have become somebody, I still have to prove that I am somebody. My struggle has never ended, and I guess it never will. Now, I read that, when I read that the first time, I mean, it struck me. I mean, I know it's Madonna, but listen, hear me. It struck me, right? And I think we can all, some way, somehow, find ourselves in that statement, right? We're gonna leave it up there for a few minutes. The fear of being mediocre, right? It's that fear of being normal. So what do we do? We try to, we try to over-promote, right? Self-promotion. We come, we come out of the gate pushing as hard and as fast as we can to get the spotlight back on us. And then, and then that doesn't deliver us, right? That doesn't, that doesn't make us feel good. So then we run to something else and we try to promote and do something else because we're still not interesting enough. But then there's, then there's the flip side. There's the opposite, the opposite of, of Madonna and this quote. And those are the ones that, that retreat. Right? You don't want to be in the spotlight. Right? You, you have a gifting. You have something that God's given you, but you, you, you hold it. You retreat. You retreat inward, inside your own navel, right, just trying to run away from yourself. And both are prideful. They're both prideful. Both views are prideful. Both, both actions are prideful, and both are severely inwardly driven. The focus is on us. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about how broken this view is, our broken view of self, and really look at at kind of what Wes was talking about a minute ago, this this idea of being a servant, right? Our relationship vertically affects all of our horizontal relationships. So if this isn't good, this is broken, right? Right? And we have this, we have this warped, whether, you're, whether, you, whether you kind of side with Madonna here on the fear of being, being mediocre and getting out in front of people or retreating and running away. Both are broken. We do things to be loved. We do things to prove ourselves. Everyone, I could, I could run through a long list of things that we do on a day-in, day-in, day-out in, day in, day basis, right? We prove that we're somebody. Now, we know that when I did my research on Madonna, because don't think I'm just blasting this out there without doing a little research. By the way, she's like 60. I didn't know that, okay? she's born in 1957 or something like that. But the last, the last known religion she practiced was Kabbalah, okay? So she's not a Christian. So she doesn't know Jesus. We can look at this statement and clearly get from that that she doesn't know Jesus. She's broken. And some of you are like, well, I know Jesus, so this isn't me. But yet, at the root of it, we still do this. So don't dismiss this. Because we all have the need to be right, to be into control, right? That's what we want to do. At the heart of it, we want to be in control, struggling to believe, rebellious. And we see it in the start of the garden. Hopefully, everyone in here knows the, knows the story of Adam and Eve, the fall of man. Um, I don't have time to, to touch and go into detail on that. But since the beginning, it's been this way, grasping at authority, grasping at control, putting a spotlight on us. That's what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve, Right? The, fruit, the forbidden fruit was eaten after they were told not to. What that states is, is they knew better than God. Right? They weren't satisfied in their giftings. They weren't satisfied in what God had given them. They were, Adam was given dominion over the world, dominion over the birds in the air, the fish in the sea, right? animals that roam the land. He, was, he, was, he, was, he had dominion over all of it, yet it wasn't enough. He wanted dominion over God, ultimately. And then we see when the, when the fall happens and sin comes in, what does he immediately do when God asks him, what have you done, right? What does he, what does he immediately do? Just go ahead. Hides. He hides, and when God shows up, he does what? This woman you gave me, right? It's her fault, right? It's her fault. Blame shifting, right? Making, building himself up to look glorious. I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't me. It was her. This vertical, broken relationship Right, Affected the horizontal. Can we see that? Because when you're not, you're not satisfied with your own giftings. You're not satisfied with what God's given you. That's where you find yourself. You find yourself in a place where you need to be in control. Where you need to be rebellious. Right? The need to have the spotlight on you. It's never good enough. What you have, you're clawing, biting, fighting to get to the top. Or, or. You're inside, right? Holding on to what God's given you. You're not displaying His glory to others. You're just holding it on as if it's yours to own, right? But it's not our own. He gave it to us. He gave us this gifting. And there's this broken vertical view of servant. Right? We find ourselves in a spot where we say, "Wait a minute." So this whole deal is about me serving others. Wait, 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 in serving God. Listen, if you can't humble yourself before God in a vertical relationship, how are you ever going to humble yourself before others? We have to get this right. And I want to look at a few churches this morning. I know I told you to turn to Philippians, but I'm going to, we're going to jump in and out of Rome, uh, Romans and Corinthians, but real quick, I want to talk about the church in Rome and look at their, look at their setup, right? They're made up of, of Jews and Gentiles, right? Two, two people groups, and Paul's Paul's letter to them and the, the verses we're going to touch on today is his vision and view for, for them to come together and worship together, right? Stop looking at each other. Stop looking at what this person's doing or not doing and come together and worship a king together in unity. Then the church in Philippi, made up of, made up of retired Roman soldiers and Gentiles, smaller town, obviously, than Rome was, but, but there, was still, there was conflicts there right? The letter that Paul wrote to to the Philippians, or the letter of Philippians is written, it's called a friendly letter, right? There was, there was, but there were still conflicts. The church still had issues, battling with each other, push and pull, tug, tug of war. And then the church in Corinth, made up of Jews and Gentiles again, we see. But, but there was a, there was a, a vein in that church where they believed that that they didn't need. You know, there was an over-promotion of self. We need to get out and do these things. Then there was this belief that isolation reserves holiness. Right? Some people just wanted to stay back. Don't get into the world. Don't touch, don't touch, don't touch the messiness. Let's don't get on mission. Let's don't get out there and get grimy in the muck and the mire. Let's, let's retreat because we're holy. If we're reserved and we stay back, we hold on to our gifts. Over-promoting and over-neglecting. And Paul's, Paul's writing all the time, reminding these churches to Stop. If he was here today, right, if, he, if Paul was here today, I believe we would see the same predictable, boring message of Paul saying, Stop it. Because, Legacy Church, here's the deal. I'm talking to you this morning, we're natives and foreigners in here, right? All together. Some of us are from Knoxville, born and raised, right? Sono, woo. South, yay, no? West Knox, East Knox, North Knox, come on, come on, yeah. But some of us are from Texas, like me, right? The great state of Texas, the other T state, okay? Some of us are from Florida, California. I'm sure there's other, other places that are represented here. So we're, we're, we're made up, of different, different makeups, but yet we still over-promote our, promote ourselves, 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 right? I don't know. I can't tell you since I've been here in two years how many conversations I've had where it's a constant battle. Me and Rodney, we battle all the time about whose food's better, Tennessee or Texas. And it's in fun. We're having fun. But, but, but we're promoting our state, right? We're promoting what we believe is the best. Right? And at the heart of it, it's, it's, it's okay. But at the heart of it, there might be a little bit of, he doesn't know what he's talking about because Texas brisket is better than Tennessee brisket. You know what I'm saying? It's there. We've all, we're, we're pushing ourselves, right? We're pushing ourselves. Listen, we, we promote and we push. And, and we're not, legacy, listen, we're not without conflict. I know some of you show up week in and week out and everything's gravy, but behind the scenes, there's, there's conflict. We're people, right? We're broken people. Now listen, most of us in here are redeemed and rescued by God, by the grace of God. That doesn't mean we don't have conflict. That doesn't mean that me and my wife don't battle every now and again, right? Doesn't mean that friends in here don't disagree. It happens. We judge each other during worship. And listen, I'm saying this because I'm preaching this to myself. I remember as a child, the first time I went to a concert, it was Ray Bolts. Who knows what Ray Bolts is? First Christian concert I ever went to, okay? It was 10 years old. Don't judge me. Still awesome. But listen, I remember seeing this lady that, that basically had taught me Sunday school, vacation Bible school, and she took us. And I remember seeing her raise her hands, and I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. What is she doing? I remember being totally just, what is going on right now? Went home. I remember this being this big deal with my mom. mom. Hey, so this is what I saw. And she's like, well, and my mom did a great job of explaining it to me. It wasn't, it wasn't weird or anything, there wasn't anything crazy going on. And then I remember years later, that was when I was 10. So when I'm about 28 or so, I can't remember, I'm, I'm bad at numbers, but whatever age I was, I remember walking into my first charismatic church, right? 2,000 people on a Sunday morning, right? Do you think anybody in there wasn't raising their hands, right? And my wife can, you can, you can ask her, my first Sunday there, I was like, we sat on the front row, well, second row, and I thought, Whoa, we need to all pause, hit the pause button for a little bit. Let's chill. Why is it, why is there dancing? Why, why, what are we doing, right? Ju- in, inside, I'm judging everybody in the room that I'm owning it. I'm admitting it. That's what I was doing. But after I, after I, I, I kind of stopped focusing on me, right? And some time passed and I started focusing on God in this vertical relationship of worship. I began to see worship for what it truly is, right? Not weird, not judging. Right? And listen, I'll be honest too. Here, I get into worship sometimes and I'm going, why isn't nobody raising their hands? Listen, this isn't a, this isn't a ploy for me to get you to raise your hands. I'm always saying that. Raise your hands. Get your hands up. Right? But, but, but hear me though. That's my own heart. And that's something that I have to deal with and I have to repent for. But I'm just letting you know we do it. We are these churches. As I said, if Paul was here, He'd be, he'd be preaching the same boring message over and over again because we need to hear it. How about those in here that believe that isolation is holy, like the people in the Corinth? I'm not picking on introverts. it's not what I'm saying, right? I'm saying those of us that have a gift and we don't step out for various reasons. Don't raise your hands, but anybody in here blame their spouse for things? Nobody raise your hands. Do not raise your (laughs) hands. Okay? I'm not trying to start a fight today. But that's true. It happens, right? This woman you gave me, this man, we do it. In here today, we fail in humility. Let's face it our humility isn't that impressive. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. I know some of you are sitting here going, Well, I'm humble. But it's not that impressive. You may be, but it's not that impressive. Because at the root of it, we're glory thieves. We rob, we want the glory for ourselves, or we want to be comfortable. The vertical relationship. We're not humbling ourselves before a king. And so our relationships here are broken. We judge others. We blame shift. We point the finger. Right? So why are we like that? Why do we do that? I know you're dying to know, so I'm going to hopefully answer that question. But I believe, in my opinion, it's to be glorious. It's to promote self. It's what we've been talking about all morning. Listen, this isn't something that's new. We preach this message pretty consistently at Legacy. So if this is your first time here, this isn't something that we we just started talking about today. Who in here has heard a message on God is glorious, right? God is in control, right? God is is good, right? The four Gs, that's what what we promote, we talk about, and we push because at the heart of it in here, right here. This is what it says. This Bible says that God is those things. And it also says that we are not. So we need to listen to it. So today... Maybe a question you can write down and ask yourself or maybe talk with your friends or your spouse later about is when, when or where are you robbing God of glory in your life? To be glorious. When are you, when are you what are the things that you're doing and, and the things that you do day in and day out throughout the week in your marriage, in your job, maybe your finances, anything that your life touches, right? Where are you robbing God of the glory and over-promoting self? And then those, that, are, those that, that don't really feel this morning, they're saying, well, that's not really me, Chris. That's not, I don't overpromote myself. I, I, I'm pretty quiet. I kind of stick to myself on this stuff. So you, I would say that you're over-neglecting. And I would say that's done from a heart of comfort. You want to be comfortable. You don't want to get in somebody's Cheerios, right? But some of us need to. Some of us see an issue in community, Right, and we we and we we go well. Hmm, I really have a good word for that person, but I'm not going to share it. They don't need it. I'm just gonna I'm going to stay back. That's prideful. That gift isn't yours. That is God's. God's gifted you that, and He wants you to use that gift to display His glory to others. One of my favorite things that Jeff Vandersteen says is is what God has done in you. He wants to do through you, someone else. Right? He wants to use you. You're a vessel right? You're a vessel. He made you, right? We're created in the image of God. God is gifted. Amen? Amen, right? God's impressive, right? He's gifted us to use our gifts in the context of humility to display his glory, period. That's it. So where are you fearful of men in your life? When and where do you struggle with the perception of others on your life? I don't want to step out and say anything for the fear of this person looking at me a certain way. And then apply that to this vertical relationship. Vertically, where are you fearing God? Where are you not stepping out in your spiritual life with God in your relationship with him that's ultimately affecting your horizontal relationships with others around you and community and mission? Does that make sense? Everybody tracking with that? Because at the center of both these views, the over-neglecting, over Paul tells us, right, there should be humility. Because both those views are inwardly focused. They're focused on, they're focused on us, right? Comedian I listen to, Brian Regan, he has a little clip, he talks about the me monster. Anybody know about that? Me, 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 I, 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 that's what, that's what this is, it's navel gazing. One of my, <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes I, I heard a long time ago by C.S. Lewis, and some of you probably know this, this is a pretty... A pretty uh, familiar quote to those that have read C.S. Lewis or or done any, spent any time in his books, is, it's on the screen, is, the essence of humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself, it is thinking of myself less. Read it again. The essence of humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself, it is thinking of myself less. Do you see how that kind of coincides with this? If I'm thinking of myself less, not selfless, but self less, my relationship with God changes. Then the relationships horizontally change. The vertical affects the horizontal. In Romans 12, You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read this real quick. We're going to jump into Romans 12. We'll be in Philippians in a second. But Romans 12, 3, Paul says, He's going to show us, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, right? Y'all agree? He's being pretty. And if you read chapter 12, it it, you know it 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 totally backs this statement up. Because to ourselves, we're the most important person in the world. Would you agree or disagree? Madonna agrees. It takes an enormous amount of grace to see others for who they are, for who God's created them to be. It's hard. I'm sorry, it's tough. It just is. We're different. Right? I mean, let's face it. I'm going a, I'm to a pick on Garrett. Garrett's always getting picked on. I'm different than Garrett Me, Right? I'm just, face it, I'm different. So it's going to take grace in my life, and I'm going to have to extend grace to understand who Garrett is. I have to take time to understand. Right? Josh Howard, one of my, one of my good friends here this morning, I'm different than he is. And he's different than me. And it takes grace for us to understand each other an enormous amount because we're not all the same. Nobody in here is the same. And all of our vertical relationship with God, all of us, will look different. It won't be the same. Thus, our horizontal relationships won't be the same. All right, Philippians 2. I'm finally there. I'm, he- I'm here. Okay. Verse, verse 3, starting at verse 3, going to 11. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Pause. Who has a problem doing that? Just examine your heart. You can raise your hand if you want or keep it down, but examine your heart real quick just on verse 3. But in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Servants, not only to God but to others. Think missionally. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Pause. Who has a problem doing that? Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Pause. We just have to, we need to for a second think about that. Okay? God's in a comfortable place on a throne. In heaven. And he chooses to come down here knowing, getting in the muck and the mire, knowing that we would mock, abuse, torture, and murder him. He died a criminal's death, a murderer's death. Right? For you and me, for glory thieves. For people that would rob him of his glory. Who are hostile towards God. That's the gospel. If you don't know Jesus today, just FYI, if you're searching and you're wondering what this is all about, that right there, at the heart and core of it, is what it's about. Period. You could just spend all day in that right there and let that soak up in you. That is the gospel of Jesus right there. says, verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the na- at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, it doesn't say that just Christians will bow here. Did you notice that? It doesn't say that. It says every knee, every single person will bow at some point, right? Every person will bow. And notice it's not, it's not um, really, like, focused on a location either, right? It says on earth and heaven and under the earth. God will be glorified on this planet. He'll be glorified in the heavenly realm, and he will be glorified in hell, period. He gets it. We can rob all we want while we're down here, but in the end, he gets it. This should propel us. Hear me. This should propel us, right? And drive us. And it's not out of works or or doing something to make ourselves better. It's about a king that came down and died for you and me, that this relationship should should be evident in our lives. We should chase after this vertical relationship, not out of fear because of what comes in judgment, but out of, out of love, out of, out of humility for what's been done for us. Does that make sense? First Corinthians four, I'm just going to keep harping on this. Apostles, this is, this is kind of Paul's, Paul's way of showing, like, in in my opinion, how he's showing that that there's a danger in over-neglecting your gifts. And in verse six, you can turn there if you want, or if not, we're going to put on the screen. It says, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers so that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all that you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And would that you <clears throat> and would that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. Paul writes like me, doesn't he? He's like no grammar, run-on sentences, crazy. Um, For I think that God, verse 9, For I think that God has exhibited us, apostles, as last of all, like men sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we are disrepute. To the present hour we, are, we hunger and thirst, we are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. We, when persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and still are, like the scum of the world, a refuse of all things. There's, there's humbleness, there's humility, but they're not silent. So those in here that are, that are retreating and you're you're remaining silent. You're not, you're not stepping out in community. You're not stepping out and loving on others and serving others in mission and in your communities. This is what, this is what Paul's saying. He's, put, he's putting it out there for you. Be, be humble, but don't be silent. Get in the game. Get in there. And then apply this to that vertical relationship. Don't be silent. Look to God. Worship your King. Hands in the air, hands in your pockets, whatever. Worship a king, right? This relationship, go go for this so that this can can be decent. I'm gonna go back to, we're gonna read Madonna's quote one more time. My drive in life comes from a fear of being mediocre. I pushed past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being but then i feel i'm still mediocre and uninteresting unless i do something else because even though i have somebody i still st- even though i have become somebody i still have to prove that i am somebody my struggle has never ended and i guess it never will listen there's no hope there's no hope in that at all there's none right it's none but I'm, I would be lying if I didn't say I don't find myself in this spot almost every day. I battle this every single day, right? If I plant this church, then I've, then I've made it, right? Once I get up here and I speak on Sunday, I get past this, then I, then I just, I need something else. I need affirmation from something else, right? When's the next time I'm going to get to preach Luke? Right? When do I get to step up in front of the legacy and preach again? When do, when, when do these things happen? Constantly. The struggle's never over, but it is. You see, God's already accomplished and done all this work for us on the cross. That's what Philippians 2 is pointing out, that God's already done this. But if, we, if we're true to ourselves this morning, we are Madonna. We're Madonna. But you didn't think I was going to call you Madonna either, did you? I just did. We're all Madonna. And just like Madonna, we get our self worth and our ego, right? We get our self worth from our ego. Or we hide. We hide in ourselves and we retreat. We gotta stop. We gotta pull the focus off of us. We need to, we need to get back to what God intended for, and that's that vertical relationship. He intended us to look vertically. He intended for us to have a relationship with him. That's a priority, right? If you're putting other things above this relationship, this vertical relationship, everything else is gonna be broken. This affects all of this. If we take all of this with seriousness and we see God as the sole author of giftings and we're totally dependent on him for all of them, It's unlikely we'll become arrogant, right? It's not going to happen. If we're looking at him and he's the author of gifts, then we realize very quickly that we we can do nothing, as Wes said, in in our own power, right? we, We can't do anything. We have to solely rely on him. He's the gift giver. He's the gift creator. In Romans, it says, the verse I read, if you read that chapter, Romans 12, humility comes from genuine faith. That's where we get our humility. We believe this vertical relationship. We have faith in this vertical relationship. All of a sudden, we become humble. All of a sudden, we can serve others. But practically, what does this look like? So today, you're leaving here. You're headed out into the world, right? And you feel like you've got a long list of things you need to do to become better. right? Because that's what it feels like. But practically, if you're in community, I think you can ask your community, people that you're doing life with, if you're close to someone in your community, I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to throw this out there in the middle of comm group with 30 people in the living room, but by all means, whatever, whatever your com group looks like, maybe you can, but find out where your affirmation, get someone and ask someone, where do you think my affirmation is coming from? What do you see in my life where I'm looking for affirmation in others? And my identity is wrapped up in myself, my own sin. Find out from, from your community, from those that know you best. If, listen, if you don't have somebody, find somebody. Right, Develop a relationship with somebody that you can have speak in their life. We do that a lot through DNA groups right? that are built inside of our calm structures. Those are where it gets real nitty and gritty, right? You get down to that. And those are, the, those are the places you can do that. Ask yourself, where can you become more humble in your gifts to display God's glory instead of your own? Where can you extend humility to others that you're not already doing it or that you need to be doing it? Looking at humbleness and humility Gifts in the context of humility. If you're over neglecting and, and hiding and retreating, where are you fearful of what others might think? In your jobs, church, community, right? Not stepping out on mission for fear of what, what might happen or what people might look at you and judge you by. And then what I've been talking about this theme throughout the whole, the whole message is, how much time are you spending on this eternal vertical relationship because these horizontal relationships they're temporary we all agree one day everyone in here is going to die right so so how much time are you spending on this vertical relationship how much are you investing in this relationship versus this because i'm an i'm a high extrovert right i got a capital e on that test that's me right you can laugh it's okay I'm, i'm 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 secure in my gifting right of extroverts right And listen, I can spend loads of time with people and focusing on these relationships and getting to know people and really really letting that consume my time. I love hanging out with people. I love going to eat. I love going to meet people. I mean, I love to put put events on, right? Put things to just do things with people because I love these relationships. Feeds my soul, right? But it can override this eternal vertical relationship that I need to have. I can let that take over. Does that make sense? I can let that be what drives me. But when we see, again, when we see that God is the giver of gifts, of all the gifts, and that faith is the measure that we, we go by, right? Genuine faith. We won't deny our own gifts. We'll look at our gifts with sober minds, sober judgment. We'll look at others differently. We can begin to serve differently. Things begin to change. Begin to, maybe those that don't like people in your house, all of a sudden you're inviting people over, welcoming people into your homes. But at the root of everything, the root of it all, practically, just take nothing else today, take this, is you gotta be in prayer. You have to be. You have to be in prayer personally, maritally, community. Prayer should be driving everything in your life. I've learned a lot from Wes. That's one of the things I've learned from Wes is prayer, how important prayer is. Wes is always talking about prayer and how he's praying and how it's important. And I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, boast Wes or build Wes up, but he does. He's an encourager in that. And he encourages me to pray more and pray often. And we need to be doing that. Right? And it's not silly to get on your knees. It's not. It's not silly to be in here in a minute when, when, when worship is going on and get on your knees and pray to God. It's not weird. Right, Read, song, read David. Read, read the story of David. He's always on his knees praying. Worshiping God in prayer. Vertical relationship through prayer. That's how you get that, through reading, through reading this and praying that's how we build that vertical relationship. It's not by doing things. It's not by working. It's not by even, even being humble and having humility because our humility isn't that impressive. When you, put, when you put our humility up next to Jesus Christ, how is our humility impressive at all? Right? It's not. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, trying to break you down. I'm just saying that, that, that we, we, we tend to do that. I do that. I mean, I'm humble. When I was preparing for the sermon, I'm humble. God, I'm humble. And I fought it. But then as I slowly started to look at it, and you read Philippians 2, you see that it's not that impressive. My humility is not that impressive. I cry and whine and twist and fight to carry my cross every single day. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, if you're honest today with yourself, the same thing. Because we aren't the heroes of the story. And our flesh fights that. Because we want to be the heroes. The bottom line is, our God's impressive. What you can do isn't that impressive. It's what God has already done that's impressive. Philippians 2. And I believe that if you take some time and invest in this vertical relationship with him, he'll begin to show that to you. it will change your heart. Maybe it's something you need to get back into. Maybe at one point in your life you had a really good relationship, a really good prayer life, a really good journaling and study life, or devotional life with God, and that you've gotten away from that. Maybe you've never even had one. I challenge you today to do that. And not like a weird list of to dos. I'm not asking you to, to leave here today and be like, well, if I just check these things off, I'm good. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to pray and ask God to reveal in your heart where you can be a better servant to others around you, those around you, family, friends, community, on mission, and just get this relationship better because we said over and over again. I'm sorry I'm saying it so much, but the the vertical relationship affects the horizontals. It does. but y'all stand with me. We're gonna pray and worship team's gonna come out and we're gonna we're gonna worship and, and sing and just ask that you you examine your hearts today um, for for worship and and taking communion together in the back as a family and And that's one of the things I love about this church is every Sunday seeing groups of people gather taking communion together. It's awesome, and I love it. Let's go ahead and pray.